You're listening to I Said What I Said, a sports podcast bringing you opinions not heard anywhere else. We cover everything in the world of football, basketball, and gambling. Now, stepping up to the mic, your hosts, Brad Wakai and Tyson Gentry. Welcome to I Said What I Said, a sports podcast giving you opinions not heard anywhere else. I'm your host, Brad Wakai, alongside my co-host, Tyson Gentry. And Tyson, we're just coming off our New Year's Six Bowl preview where we did the four games because, you know, they got to throw the CFP. You know, even though it's the college football playoff, it's still classified as a New Year's Six Bowl, apparently. Well, I'm glad that they at least got the uh, the locations right uh, for for these teams. Like that, that's okay with me. Um, but it does feel like they should they should get their their own day. I agree. I agree. And I'll say this: you know, as we're jumping right into the college football preview here, college football playoff preview, I'm so glad that they decided to be smart and not put these on New Year's Eve. The past two seasons have been a joke. Like on the east coast now it's probably it's a little bit different for you out in mountain time here in montana because you know when the game ends it's still not new year's the past two years i've been out at for a friend's place i'm running back in and checking the score and like in the, what was it georgia ohio state, ohio state. Like, insane game and i'm gonna have to like people are celebrating outside i'm running back and forth like giving hugs like checking what's going on because ohio state's driving on the field thank god they wised up well, didn't he miss the kick too? Like as the clock struck midnight, wasn't that a thing? Or maybe yeah. maybe I got duped by AI. Although that was a whole year ago, and AI didn't exist yet somehow. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm I'm glad they're uh, here and they're at reasonable times. But I am spoiled being in mountain time. I don't even have to worry about any of that. I'm in bed by the end of these games. You guys can watch the ball drop. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's a much bigger thing on the East Coast because it's like the same time, and you're like, well, it's ten here, so I don't know if it's. When it's dark at four thirty, you kind of feel like midnight hits by the time you're eating dinner. Yeah, no, that's true. That is true. So, Tyson, look, we're, the preview itself, man, we did an early preview back, a li- like when we first got the matchup. But we want to d- dive more in depth into these games because this is the crown jewel of the sport. These are the semifinals before we crown our champion here. And the first game in the Rose Bowl, Alabama and Michigan, and just an awesome game on paper historic matchup between two historic programs great coaches and Nick Saban and Jim Harbaugh I am fired up for this one and it's awesome that I think this is the leader or the leadoff hitter of the college football playoff what do you think about this one why am I so ridiculously confident that this Alabama team just does what they want to Michigan like I can't put them exactly quite figured out maybe it's Saban uh with a month and a half to prep and I was 13 and three uh in those situations but Brad that's his career winning percentage right and maybe it's because the last time that that they lost one of these games that he had all that time to prepare for it was the Ohio State team uh with Zeke Elliott and Carter like a team on fire and this Michigan team doesn't feel like that or maybe it's just because it's the Alabama football machine and I, I right. think that's probably closer to what it is, because Blake Corum is really good. He's not Ezekiel Elliott at, at that Ohio State team, and that's like what it took last time they had this long to prepare. This Bama team's not that team either, and that's that's an important distinction to make. Is Jace McClellan going to play? So right now he's questionable. So he didn't play in the SEC championship. He's questionable. Kool-Aid McKinstry, their star cornerback, he had a concussion in the SEC title game, but he's cleared protocol. Uh, he's going to be back. So it's really just is Jace McClellan going to play? That's what everybody's waiting for. And I think, for me, the most important thing in this game is can Michigan generate chunk plays through the air? Because that's it's going to be a real 
uh, long night for them. If, if it's just let we have to try to dink and dunk the ball down the field, because if, if Alabama is disrupting timing um, and they're living in these wide receivers pockets on a team that already is a little hesitant to throw the football um, because Bama's going to show up and say, you're going to have to throw on us. That's a, that's, hundred percent how they're going to approach this game. Uh, you're outside of your mind. If you don't think that all Saban's been doing is preparing for quorum and Edwards and everybody else is going to the playmakers, right? Because that's mm-hmm. the story on this Michigan team. We talked ourselves into JJ McCarthy. We didn't, but people did talk themselves into JJ McCarthy as like a Heisman candidate at some point this season. The truth is he's been a good college quarterback. It, he hasn't been a great college quarterback and he's, he's surrounded by fantastic players. This is, <laughs> This feels weird to say, man, but like this isn't really even a Harbaugh deal for me. I think Michigan's going to be ready to roll and showed up prepared. And I don't think if they lose by 40, you can point the finger at anything other than the fact that Alabama is just, it seems to be peaking. They are peaking at the right time. I think it's fair to say, like, once they figure it out, the strengths and weaknesses of Jalen Milrow and what he can and can't do, this offense has taken it to the next level. Now, I will point out this. So, based on expected points added, Michigan is third in the country in EPA per dropback, 0.537, which is interesting, right? But a lot of that to what you're saying has to do with the play action, playing off of that. After chunk play, Corum, Donovan Edwards, you know, they're gashing. Then all of a sudden you pull it back, play action, boom, you find your playmaker, big play down the middle. That's where a lot of EPA comes from. But Alabama on the flip side, now their defense, their strength is is not allowing people to throw on them. They're 16th in the country in EPA per dropback, generating negative 0.064 per play there so if you're gonna force jj mccarthy to throw on you at least you got the guys especially with kool-aid mckinstry back to be able to to stop them the question i have is are they going to be able to stop the run because they're negative 0.073 in epa per rush that's 47th in the country now michigan on the flip side tyson it's not like they're really blowing people away you know uh, they're 30th in the country on offense 0.074 epa per rush so it kind of it's kind of two counterintuitive things on the flip side, Alabama just snuffed the run against Georgia, and they just took that out of the game, which was impressive. And so if they can do that to Michigan here, put it on J.J. McCarthy, allow your secondary, whose strength it is, to stop opposing passing attacks, I, I think it could be it could spell disaster for Michigan. Yeah, I think Michigan's wideouts and backs and tight ends have to win uh, all the time, like all day long running those routes. Because what I'm seeing in when I'm picturing this game and kind of just looking at these teams, Bama's just going to – let's go athlete for athlete on the outside. That's how – like if you want to run the football, then we're just going to leave these two <laughs> these two corners on an island, right? We're going to leave Kool-Aid out here by himself, and we don't think you have a guy that can get open. We don't, we don't think you got somebody that – and if he does, we're going to pass him off to a safety. I think it might be a lot of too high. They're going to mix up with some blitzes uh, that I don't know necessarily if Michigan's had to deal with, right, because Penn State brings ex- brought exotic stuff under Manny Diaz. They didn't have to throw the ball in the entire – like in the whole second half of that game. Like it limited the arsenal of kind of the confusion that you can create, right? I, I don't envision Michigan just kind of being able to do whatever they want against this Alabama team, and I think that's – uh, something that we like, we haven't seen Michigan have to deal with this right. for the last few years until they get to the college football playoff. And then we've seen how it's worked out the last couple of times they've been to the college football playoff. There's looks that they just aren't prepared for that these Big Ten teams don't get the opportunity to throw at them because of 
the familiarity that they have with those defenses and how to attack them. Um, when you're just, oh, it's a one-off against somebody. If it was a one-off every five years against Penn State or against Ohio State, those games would end differently. But they know yeah. each other so well. And Alabama now, they get to be the Penn State or the Ohio State that you haven't seen yet. No, and that's a, I think that's a great perspective. And that's why when we talk about these conference games and it gets in the conference season, I think a lot of the times we we don't view it from a, a high a bird's eye view, right? Like we don't sit up there and like, let's really take a step back and think about this. Cause it's always, well, this team can't be this team ever. It's like, well, these coaches have been playing each other for eight years. Like they know what they're going to do. They know their counters. They know what they want to do. They know, they know the B and C options off of this yes. thing. So it's, it's harder to do it. And then when you come into these games, right? Like TCU against that Michigan defense last year, who was really good in the regular season, like they throttled them because they'd never seen what TCU wanted to do. They'd never seen that style of offense. And yeah, Ohio State spread, spread it out last year with CJ Stroud and things, but it wasn't the same type of action. And Michigan was familiar with what Ryan Day wants to do on his offense because they faced it for yes. however long. So I, I, I think that's a great point. I think people may be overlooking that. Couple injury updates here for Michigan. So Zach Zenter, their absolutely star right guard, was is lost for the season with that horrendous broken leg injury that he suffered. Huge blow for them. I wonder how that's going to impact this game. Cornerback Will Johnson, who's an absolute star, he missed the Big Ten title game, but he's going to play against Bama. He confirmed that himself. And Junior Colson, their starting linebacker, you're going to love this, Tyson. So he's going to play in this game, but he has a cast on both of his hands. But no, he's going to play. <laughs> that's a football player. That right, that that's a 1960s Oakland Raider is what that is. What do you expect from Bama's offense? Because I think so. When I'm looking at EPA here, and the the stats have been rattling out, I think we can get a little misguided based on the early season struggles because it says they're 84th in EPA per rush. That's not what I've seen from Alabama the last few weeks. They're 25th in dropback in EPA, 0.278 added. That's not what I've seen the past few weeks. Like they are dicing people up with Milrow. So I think this offense may, on paper is a little bit underrated to what they are now and compared to the struggles they had early in the season. So what, what are you expecting from Milrow in this offense? Well, I think that they're going to try to get to the edge. Like I think that that's going to be option one. And if Michigan takes that away, um, then we'll just run power. And we're just going to see if we can beat you up the middle. And if Michigan takes that away, uh, then it's going to be let's let's see if we can – kind of find soft spots 15 yards down the middle of the field, eight yards down the middle of the field, swing passes here and there. Brad, the one thing that's concerning uh, that it seems like everybody's almost forgot about is they were a fourth and 31. Is that what it was? Away from not even being able to play in this game. That was a month ago. Um, They made the play. And so, like, that's no one void and all that stuff. But the offense didn't – they couldn't really put the game away against Auburn. And I think that if that's kind of the game script here and it becomes close, you're a little bit less confident in Alabama's ability to win. I think that they're going to be able to get to the edge. I think that uh, Michigan's defense is really good, and I think they're really fast. But I don't know how many times we just have to see that the quality of an athlete uh, might be the same. The way those athletes are coached is a little different. Like the way that they're – taught how to play the game from the time they're 18 is a little different. They're both, they're all five stars. They all run four, four forties. I don't really ever buy into um, like, there are times obviously where teams just have better athletes than you, but all these guys are the same. Michigan is used to, oh man, like we might get 40 uh, runs directly up the middle today. And like, that's, that's where we're going to be built to stop this thing. Bama's going to be like, dude, let's put you out on the end. We haven't seen these corners and safeties have to tackle for real. 
like we've seen you guys tackle wide receivers. Let's see what you look like with a, uh, two guards pulling and a, and a running back with the football in his hand. So let's get it on this docket. And I think if you've been listening to Tyson, I think you know where he's going to go, but we're going to go official. Now, these aren't gambling picks. These are just who we think is going to win the football game. We got our gambling show coming out later. We'll give you picks for the remaining bowl season. Like this is our last chance to bet college football. You think we're going to miss that? Absolutely not. So, but we got to give official picks here. We got to get on record. We got to be right. We got to be wrong. Like we put our names on things on this show. We don't shy away from anything. So Tyson, who is going to win the Rose Bowl and compete for the college football playoff national championship? Alabama. Alabama. You already had a tight data. I don't even think I told you that. (laughs) From From the time the committee announced that I didn't need to see the Michigan players' reactions. I think everybody kind of read way too much into that. I think most of that was like everyone being like, whoa, Florida State didn't make it. They're better. They'd be better if they played four weeks ago. That's that's what I think. And uh, if, if this, like, man, it just – we said it at the beginning of the year. You can go back and listen to our preview show. It just felt like everyone was a little bit – you know, wary of Alabama and we weren't sure what we were going to get. And every time it feels like that happens, they're playing in the national championship after kicking the shit out of somebody else's favorite team. Alabama is going to win this football game, Tyson. And it's to the point you said last on just now, every time somebody doubts Alabama, they're not the bullies on the block anymore. You know, they're falling down. They've fallen off a cliff. No, this is Georgia's sport. Now, you know who rises to the top? Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. You can, you can write it. It's a cycle. It, it is what it is because Nick Saban is just great at building a factory in Tuscaloosa. They may have a couple down years, it's a football but you factory. know they're building something. And I think Nick Saban loves coaching this football team. And he was being a little cheeky early in the season. I don't know if people remembered that, but after they lost to Texas, it's what he does. He goes on the local radio show and he has callers call in. Now, you know, Nick, he doesn't shy away from conflict or anything like that. Like he'll sit there and he'll, he'll go at you if he needs to. And people were blasting them for the lack of physicality. And he, instead of him normally going back at it, he started off by saying, we're soft. We can't do this. We can't block. I don't know what's going on. Why don't you tell me what's going on here? Cause I'm seeing the same thing as you. And to me, it felt like, I think I kind of know the answer that's coming, or I, I think I can know I know how to get this team right. But I want to hear what you guys are thinking because it's probably the same thing that I'm seeing, and we're going to get right. And man, has this team gotten right? And I think they're going to get right into the national championship game. Most improved team of the 2023 college football season from the beginning to the end is the Alabama Crimson Tide. Let's move into our second semifinal game: Texas taking on undefeated Washington in what should be an awesome game in the Sugar Bowl. You would expect Texas to have a massive home field advantage down here in New Orleans, just based on proximity. But Washington fans, you know, they haven't had this level of success for a, in a while. I mean, they got smoked in the early on iteration of the college football playoff. I think they actually believe in this Washington team. Like, this is a really good football team. They answered two big time tests against Oregon, and they answered it with with passing colors, flying marks. So, Tyson, when we're looking at it here, we'll do our deep dive. What are you looking at this game? What perspective are you taking this? Well, I think this is a pick your flavor game because Texas is Texas might be the most balanced team in the country. Like, what are they top twenty five on both offense or defense, or if not just outside it? Um, that defensive front is super imposing. Uh, and where are they weak? If, if you want to call it a weakness, if there was one on this team, it'd be their secondary. Um, what does Washington do really well? And that's essentially the only thing they really want to do unless they're playing against USC, then they'll run the football. Um, then they're going to, they want to throw it all over you. We saw this uh, game a year ago, right? This was the Alamo bowl. Um, 
uh, last year and Washington's offensive line handled business. And that probably isn't going to be the case uh, in this one. Texas defensive line is like maybe uh, maybe the best in the college world playoff, which is a high bar to clear, but that's how good these guys are. Brad, it just kind of feels like Washington might be coming in with a little bit more swagger. Like it feels like they got their juice back uh, that disappeared, right, when they were going to Stanford and making things look ugly against all these teams in the middle towards the end of the season. When they showed up and they did what they did in that first half against Oregon um, and then were able to hold on to win the game, it was like, oh, DeBoer's got these guys right where, you know, he wants them to be. And they're rolling into this now with, with supreme confidence. Texas should be as confident as it gets as well. I don't know if Washington can tackle well enough to win this football game. And that's, to me, I think that's the biggest part of it. How I'm looking at this here is can Washington once again live up to the physicality that Texas is going to bring? Because for all the, if Texas back and for all the shortcomings that Texas has had in recent memory and years, this team is built like Texas should be built. They're big, they're physical, they're fast, and they're long. And it finally looks like a Texas team who is ready to compete for a national championship. And it's no wonder why they won the Big Ten, the Big 12. It's no wonder why they're in the college football playoff with a real shot at winning this thing. On the flip side, are people really going to buy into Texas, man? Maybe that's just a stupid way to look at it, but we saw in a big game against Oklahoma, they dropped the ball. They lost. They should have lost to Kansas State. There is sometimes those blips on the radar because they want, beat Kansas State. They really finished the season out strong. They answered a huge test at Alabama when nobody thought they were going to win that game because it was a revenge angle for Bama. And they, they finished the season, and now they're sitting here third overall. They got a real opportunity. But Tyson, starting running back Jonathan Brooks is out. He's out for the season. Xavier Worthies but was on crutches in, in a boot after the Big 12 championship game. Uh, Ryan Watts, their starting cornerback, didn't play in the Big 12 championship game. This team's kind of banged up. Now, I think Watson Worthy are expected to be back. What's their What's their tank on? Are they 100%? Are they 80%? I mean, you'd expect everybody kind of banged up at this point, but that's scary considering Washington's healthy. Like, yeah. They're healthy. They got all their guys back, and these this is a team. It's not like they were just putting up 60 on everybody and, and going fast, 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 and, and you know nobody could keep up. Like They won in a different way each and every game this season. Well, that's the funniest part of this to me is trying to figure out if Oregon's more physical than Texas as a genuine question, because that's something that hasn't been asked in a decade. Uh, You know, those are two programs you don't exactly think of as the pinnacle of physicality. But if Texas isn't as physical as Oregon, then what necessarily are they going to have to offer this Washington team that already passed that test twice? Um, And that's this is again, this is another really fun part of the college football playoff of these college football bowl games is like, Okay, you can do it in the Big 12. Can you do it against these guys? And uh, typically these aren't the two teams you're asking those questions about. But uh, I think that this game is going to come down to, like I said, the Washington tackling. And then what Quinnewers are we going to get? My, I think Washington, if they're going to win this football game, we're going to need an ungodly performance from Michael Penix. Because as I'm looking at it, and oh, okay, I love that. So I, as we're looking at it here, EPA per drop back on offense. Washington ranks 13th in the country, 0.373 added. They got studs at every single wide receiver position. They're not going to be able to run the football. I mean, they couldn't run the football in the Pac-12 front. They're 53rd in EPA added per rush. They're not going to be able to run on these guys that Texas has on the interior. I mean, they're studs. So it's going to be a lot of can Washington block and allow Penix to carve up Texas through the air, which, like you've said, that's that's been a weakness. Like we saw what Oklahoma did to them. 
we saw at times what, what uh, Kansas State did to them, different aerial attacks and what the success that they had. You know, on paper, they're 17th in the country, Texas is, in EPA per dropback, negative 0.063. Okay, you know, how does that, how does that compare when you're facing a, a legit offense, legit quarterback, and things like that? On the flip side, Washington, they're 99th. This is the biggest mismatch in the game. 99th in the country in defensive EPA allowed per rush. Texas, if they can get that offensive line moving downhill, if they can get this rushing attack to go downhill, I, I think it kind of counters your point. What Quinn Ewers we get? They might need not need a big Quinn Ewers game. That's true. And then Sark is maybe the most underrated uh, run game like coordinator specialist or whatever you want to call it in the country. This is uh, what we're going on. How many years has he been on Texas where every year going into the season, it's like, yeah, they got this great quarterback and they have these awesome receivers, but you should watch him run the football. Uh, and, that, and that's what they're going to want to do. That's what everything's built on. It just, it's real hard uh, to be able to keep that, keep that presence of mind to know that we're okay to run the football all game long. And we've seen Sark fall into the trap before in these big moments, in these big spots uh, where something's working, but he feels pressured for some reason to try something else. Uh, and that's the game, right? I don't necessarily have those uh, feelings about the board, but we've never seen him in a spot like this. So it's unfair to say uh, that he, he might not do that as well. He Look, their strengths at Washington have been their strengths and it's, they do it as good as anybody. And he's not going to be pressured in to run the football because they don't run the football very well. Right. Like it happened against USC. And that was just kind of a thing that, uh, you know, anybody with eyes that watched an Alex Grinch defense probably could have seen coming uh, that everybody's going to be able to run the football. Brad, they were running a little better on Oregon, at least at the beginning of that football game. And I think that if those are the concepts they come with, it's going to be really fun. But again, this is a team that needed so much to go right to get here uh, versus a team that kind of feels like um, somehow Texas at being at number three in the country is under the radar, right? Like it's like, yeah. nobody, it doesn't feel real <laughs> and they suck and everything. And it's like, you look at the numbers, you look who they played, you look who they beat. Uh, and you, you start to realize like, Oh, three was more than fair. Okay. Well, like I said, we're putting our stamp on this thing. I think Tyson's got an idea of who he wants to, who he thinks is going to win. So let's make it official, Tyson. Who is winning the Sugar Bowl and we playing our pick of Alabama for the national championship? Let's see if you had this one typed out already. Brad, it's so hard to beat so many teams in a row by just like scraping by, right? And eventually that luck has to run out uh, if, if you're going to be playing high-level competition every week. Or it doesn't. And Washington shows up and throws the football all over the goddamn yard, and they go out and they win this football game. Uh, we haven't lost a Washington money line play yet. We've been scared a <laughs> lot of times, uh, but here we are, man. And Washington is going to the national championship. Talk to me in two weeks because I'm going to have a very different tune to sing, probably if they're matching up with Bama. <laughs> man, okay, so this doesn't surprise me. I wasn't sure where you're going to go, but it does not surprise me. I mean, you've been riding Washington all season long. Michael Penix Jr. has been awesome. Our first descent of the show here. I'm going to go Texas. So I, I think Texas is going to get this done. I think the mismatch that we're going to have is in the trenches. I just look at the size that Texas has, the, the physicality and the, the blue chippers they have on, on the interior of the defensive line and the ability that they have to run the football. And I think that's a recipe for success here. 
I'm concerned about the back end. I, if anything, Washington could throw it all over him. I look like an idiot. Like there's a possibility that I'm sitting here with egg in my face. Tyson looks like a genius. I'm sitting there with a dunce hat in the corner. So there's no doubt. Or maybe Sark gets his head out of his ass a little bit here and say, like, hey, it's, the run game's working. Sorry, Quinn, you're going to throw the ball 12 times today. And that's the reality of the situation. I think the latter might get it done. I'm going to go with Texas physicality, and they're going to be playing for the national championship in a rematch against Alabama. Oh, what a storyline that would be. So if you're trying to figure out who to tail or who to fade in this one, good luck because it's going to be a tight game. But, Brad, I believe that's the same argument that you've given me against the Washington Huskies a few times this year. Uh, so that, that might have made me feel a little bit more confident while I was listening to you, mm-hmm. or I'm going to be sitting here looking like an idiot. <laughs> all right let's that's going to be do it for our college football playoff preview but tyson as we like to do with when we do these in-depth interview uh in-depth in, in interviews in-depth analysis videos and breakdowns anything that you want to talk about college football playoff wise broad shot any of these games that we didn't touch on uh i feel like well we we just or we just recorded an episode on the other uh, kind of the bigger bowl games uh, coming up this week. So check that out. We're about to record a kind of bowl palooza as far as like who we're picking uh, and why and what bets we're going to be placing. Uh, so check that one out as well. Uh, and if if you get bored, go listen to the early recap of the college football playoff. I don't even remember what I said on that. I could have just completely contradicted myself. I've I've changed uh, opinions on who's going to win these games a handful of times. Well, with time, man, that's the beauty of it. Like we have wise. time, we have exactly time makes you wiser. Maybe you become a wise man. That's that's a good point. But I just can't wait for these games overall. I think this is the matchup. We talked about it right after. Yeah, Florida State. You know, can say what you want. They got screwed. Yada yada. Listen, these are the four games. Or I'm sorry, these are the four teams I wanted. These are the matchups I want to see. I, I can't wait. Thank God the College Football Playoff Committee put this on. January 1st, so I could be hungover. It's at night. I'm going to be in my bed. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to be picking out on whatever food I'm eating. We can watch and enjoy these games. Like This is this is going to be an awesome, awesome experience. I can't wait till one of these two teams wins by 50, just like every year. And we sit here and <laughs> yeah. say, this thing's broken. I can't wait for the expansion. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's get out of here. Like, subscribe, and share the show. If you're watching on YouTube, you know the drill. Smash that like button on the way out. If you're listening in podcast form, Please rate and review if you haven't already. Leave us a comment. Who do you think is going to win? That would go a long way as well as a five-star review. It really does help us out. Uh, Like Tyson said, we're going to be back with our gambling preview for the remaining bowl games. We're not going to go through every game. We're going to give you our best bets. So make sure to stay tuned to that if you want to get a little scratch down on these games as well. So we'll talk to you all then, guys. Peace. Thanks for listening to the I Said What I Said podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're there, please rate and review the show so others find out about the show. We'll catch you on the next episode of I Said What I Said.